to Creative Reboot, the ultimate podcast for creative souls, small business owners, side hustlers and dream chasers. I'm Carla, brand photographer and visual magic maker for colourful magical weirdos and also a professional multipod. And I'm Sarah, creative copywriter and branding photographer for awesome female business owners and aspiring author. So, today we've got the awesome Lois J. Elise with us. Um, she is a stylist, a model representing the actual average size in the UK, which we're very much on board with. Um, mm-hmm. She's an academic with a PhD who's writing an approachable book. And she's also just launched a new line of luxury berries in collaboration with a traditional milliner, which I'm very excited about. Welcome, Lois. Thank you so much for joining us. It's lovely to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. Oh, it's lovely to have you here, Lois. We're going to throw you straight in with the first question. Tell us a little bit about who you are, in your own words, and what it is you do. Sure. Okay. Wow, that's a big one. Um, so <laughs> I am I am Lois. Hello. Lovely to lovely to meet you both. Well, I've already already met you really, but hello again. Uh, so just like Carla so beautifully introduced me, so I am a vintage inspired fashion stylist. So I do contemporary fashion. Um, I do personal styling, and I also do commercial styling. So I do it for ordinary people who want to look nice for a wedding or as a wedding guest and I also do it for brands and kind of commercial photo shoots things like that Uh, I also have a PhD in cinema and fashion history based in Japan in the 1920s and the 1930s which is what I'm writing my book about I'm very passionate about body positivity which I promote through my work in fashion and particularly as a model Uh, as Carla beautifully said I represent the average size woman in the UK at five foot five and a size 14 and uh, yeah I think that is nearly all of it apart from I've suddenly started to design berets, which is another thing. I think they're there. Oh, yeah. I think that's everything, isn't it? I think so. <laughs> oh, pretty much, yeah. There's a lot <laughs> to unpack there. That's a, that's, a hell of a, that's a hell of a background. Can I, sorry, how old are you, Lois? I'm 29. Oh, my God. You've done more in 29 years than I think most people have done in, in two lifetimes. lifetimes. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, I would say so. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see what happens when you get to, like, 55. Like, oh, my God. I've done yeah. by then. Yeah, really cool. um so where, where do we even start with that sarah i know where how no i'm stumped where did you, where do you want to start? how did you how did all of this stuff start? i have a start? question yes I have a question then. so going back to thinking about yourself at school and i mean did you ever have one of those things where you knew what you wanted to do or you know, when they ask you the question when you're little, what do you want to be when you grow up? How, how would you have answered that question? You see, I think half the reason why I've done so many slightly odd things, um, including being a passenger boat skipper, that's the other thing that I do that I forgot Love about. It. I forget what I do with most of my life, frankly, <laughs> is I've never really known. I've never actually been one of those people who kind of goes, when I get to this age, I will do this. And when I get to that age, I will do that. I've always just been kind of one of those people that goes from one accident to the next and kind of goes, well, that seemed like a good idea at the time. And <laughs> I love it. <laughs> my dad always said, you've got to be in it to win it and my grandpa always said always say yes um so that's what I've kind of spent my life doing but I did very briefly want to be a helicopter pilot as a small child oh wow awesome. okay. so potentially in your future then who knows One day. it's on the list I'll get around <laughs> yeah, <absolutely. to> it. <laughs> that's amazing sorry I interrupted Carla's question she had a question there no no so, so actually mine, mine was going to be so what what came first where, where yeah. did it, so sort of similar but what which which bit of your fabulously interwoven things gosh. which which bit came first and how did that kind of happen um okay gosh um it depends kind of how far so they, they are all interconnected they probably seem like quite bizarre things and i'm probably just gonna ramble on for a really long time if i'm gonna be really annoying just tell me to stop and i will stop you're all good okay good i'm good just going to, let me tell you my beautiful life story so <laughs> i think probably it all started i'm not someone who has ever had a kind of background in fashion 
in the sense that I think lots of people, particularly when they're little girls, are like, oh, I loved wearing dresses and I loved dressing up. And that that wasn't actually a thing for me. I was very much the opposite. I was very tomboyish. Um, I was very kind of, I really liked trucks, very into trucks, very much a truck kind of girl. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, which was fine. I had a great time wishing I had a truck and never getting one because uh, oh. I was a small child. Uh, <laughs> I had a really nice Fair. truck I used to go to sleep with, and, but my mum had to take it off me because I used to oh. sleep like on the truck and I'd wake up with like tyre prints on my face. <laughs> so... <laughs> So she That's was like, really cute. You play with the truck in the daytime. You don't need to like cuddle your truck. Um, oh, sorry, bless. I've just like, gone on about trucks now. But I think it all. I think I can actually trace it back. I think to when I was at university. I took Japanese at university because uh, I've always been interested in Japanese culture. My best friends at school were both Japanese, so I, I actually learned Japanese at school as well. So I, I love the language, yeah. and that's kind of where that that started. That's how I ended up doing Japanese. And I was at university, and out of nowhere, really, I was at a party. And we were all a little bit piddly. And we all decided we were going to apply for the game show Take Me Out, if you're aware of it. Yes, I remember this. Yeah, yeah. It's very, yeah. <laughs> it's peak kind of like 2010s trash television on a Saturday night. Mm-hmm. And we all we all wrote out these application forms when we were a bit piddly. And the only person that actually sent it off was me. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. This is this is a definite say yes to everything. Maybe, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely. <laughs> and so I'm yeah. literally so, and I forget about it. I send it off. I've forgotten I've even done it. I'm so piddled. I I just forget about it altogether. I'm 19, and it's the summertime <laughs> by this point. So I sent this application form off about three months earlier, and I'm physically pushing out a, a 30-ton passenger boat, literally pushing it like this, and my phone starts ringing. I think, well, I better not answer that right now, because I'm a bit preoccupied pushing this boat out. And so I go upstairs and I go, oh, I've got a phone call. Oh, I don't know what that number is. So I then phone back the number and find out I've been invited for an audition for this game show. Um, Oh, my God. That's hilarious. (laughs) And I was like, oh, well, I wonder what they do at the audition. And again, like, bear in mind, take me out, girls. Generally speaking, they're usually uh, they're models, they're beauty queens. Obviously, this is the 2010s, so kind of like they don't look like me is the short answer. They look nothing like me. They all look at this point like Cheryl Cole. Cheryl Cole's kind mm-hmm. of the, 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 the beauty god. I the, post, the, the poster girl yeah, for that, that, that time. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. so I kind of think, well, I'm not going to get on it, but, you know, sod it. I'll turn up and just see what happens. I'm really curious. So I go to this audition. I do the audition and somehow I end up doing it. Uh, actually getting on this program and (laughs) I'm just completely thrown into this world which is very very kind of like ultra feminine Um, it's all about girls that have you know since the year dot they've always been to their hair and their makeup and super super girly but actually just lovely sweet adorable gorgeous human beings all of them just sweet lovely girls I had the best time with these women they were fantastic so so lovely but that's where I kind of started to learn about kind of that kind of very kind of um, hyper feminine representation. That's when I kind of kind of join the dots between what you see on screen and how people respond to clothing and how you feel in your clothing. Because obviously, mm-hmm. I then went on this program uh, the same size I am now. I've I've always kind of looked the same. I've not really changed to be honest at all. Um, so five foot five, size fourteen, and obviously you know everyone else around me is like at least five foot eight, and they're a lot smaller than me. Um, they're beauty queens, and like the kind of in the nicest possible, the hate comments that you get are actually quite fascinating. Um, and yeah. I was like, okay, and bear in mind, every single girl on that program got some kind of hate sent to her. It doesn't matter if she who she oh. was, which is disgusting. Oh my god! Oh god, yeah, that's really sad. And that's what really woke me up. I was actually what I look like is not the problem. It's how people mm. are responding is the problem yeah. and how we yeah. feel about women and how we feel about how women dress and what they look like. I was never the issue. I was never the problem. Um, neither were any of these women. And that's what kind of got the cogs in my head turning about like clothing and how clothing affects how we feel about our bodies, how other people see us. And it's about fashion and identity, really. 
and then I took a class, you know, back at university by this point, on Japanese cinema history. And I learned about the 1920s and 1930s when they particularly wanted to recruit actresses who emulated Western-style actresses. So they deliberately went out and they looked for women, particularly in the countryside, because obviously they were working in kind of the fields and the farming industries. So they were they were quite strong, like strapping girls, because they would fill out these dresses. And the other mm. thing was, is they were generally quite young, and they were frankly easy to manipulate, but they also had regional accents. And so that became like a kind of trendy thing. I thought, well, actually, that's quite interesting because a lot of the criticism I got when I was on Take Me Out was not just about what I looked like, but also how I spoke. Because obviously I've got a deeper voice. So like, you know, in fairness, like my voice, that's fine. I've grown up with that voice. I've had this voice my entire life. So I've sounded like a teenage yep. boy forever. That is just what I You do not like. sound like a teenage boy. <laughs> I've called Sir all the time. Like, I spend my life. Really? Oh, God, yeah. oh, wow. I think Lo- Lois, Lois doesn't help either. In fairness, like oh. everyone thinks I'm Lewis or Leary, and I'm just like, hello. I think oh that's just because people are stupid, it to be is. fair. Yes. But okay, like, it's just <laughs> not, I'm not, da- not it's invalidating just your experiences. I no, just think no. people are stupid. But yeah, okay. <laughs> but you're right. Um, you are right. Um, I spend my life going, hello, I'm Lois, as in Lane. It's spelled Lois. See. You say it's it like not this. that complicated. Yeah, I've okay. my life like trying really not, not to be. No, that's the thing. You guys got it bang on straight away, but so many people really struggle with it. Um, but anyway, I'm kind of going off the point. Um... It's, it's also, I'm not. It's four letters long. It's not yeah. a complicated name for people to get right. Wow. I okay. mean, to be fair, people struggle with you know Sarah on, on occasion as well. I don't understand why, but yeah, yeah. I, I feel, yeah, like, I get, I I get feel like it's people um, are stupid. Yeah. I feel like it's that they don't want to to learn or to do it properly. It's, mm. um, yeah, it's not hard, is it? Or if you do, if you're not sure on a name, the, the, it's just easier to turn and say, "I'm sorry, how do I pronounce your yeah, name?" And that's fine, and that's absolutely fine. Yeah, and yeah. I, I make a real effort to always do that because I've had my name just kind of mangled in so many ways yeah, possible. Exactly. Now I'm like, I'm going to try my yeah. best not to do that to other people. But um, but anyway, I I forgot what I was saying. I saw the same thing happening I saw the same thing happening in the 1920s to these young girls who were picked up by these cinema companies it was the same thing really that happened to me and don't get me wrong I don't Mm -hmm. regret it for a moment I loved it, I had a great time and I learned it it essentially set up what I ended up doing with my life really Uh, but it was just yeah and I kind of thought hang on a minute I can see all these parallels and particularly you see a lot of literature about body image and like how these clothes were marketed to ordinary Japanese women in the 1920s and 1930s it's all about changing your body to fit Mm. a fashionable aesthetic I was like well that's exactly the same thing that's happening now and so I started joining all of these dots and my the lady became my supervisor my PhD supervisor she taught the course and she basically just kind of just kind of coaxed me into into researching this really she's amazing she's fantastic and I ended up doing a PhD in Japanese and fashion history with a particular focus on how it affects gender and the body and how we perceive that on screen and kind of seeing how that interacts with how we feel today um, and then I ended up becoming a fashion stylist <laughs> somehow um actually, no, i was a model right... first i was a model first actually i forgot that bit i was gonna say i, I can actually see more how that connects than when you when you just say them they do feel quite kind of different mm. and, and discreet but actually i can see how that journey sort of led there is a, there is there are links there aren't there through mm. through all of it yeah and how did how did the modeling come about so that was an extension of my thesis effectively so i decided okay i'm studying all of these uh historical contexts in japan I have this, so I had a hypothesis in my head. I was like, I bet we can create the same standard of fashion images with ordinary sized women 
uh, an average sized woman as we do with what you think of as a conventional fashion model. I know we can do that. And I, you guys are photographers. I know you, I'm sure that you're on the same page with me on this. And I was Very like, so. the only way I can really test this is by getting someone to do it. And I thought, well, rather than just finding someone and coaxing them into doing it, I'll just do it myself. I, you know, it's like that whole fable about putting the bell on the cat and the, the mice are scared of the cat. And oh God, you know, just do it yourself. Okay. Don't expect other people to do it if you aren't willing to do it yourself. And I'm a big believer yep. in that. So I was like, okay, fine. Um, I will apply for a modeling contest. And I did. And it was for a boutique in Manchester that sadly, sadly doesn't exist anymore, which is a real shame. And I became the face of their shop for a year. And part of that was a modeling contract. Yeah, it's great fun. And it was fantastic. I loved it. And I kind of just kept doing it ever since. It's something I'm really passionate about. Yeah. And that's how I ended up styling as an extension of that, really. I don't think I've ever, ever heard anyone explain how they how um, their acad- academic academic background has brought them into modelling. It, just, it seems <laughs> it just it's one. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I think that's fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. I love but, that. And I'm I'm also I'm going to pick up there because I know it's something that you um, that you do, but it also has come through. And it's, it's, it's that that um, real woman. Not not that not that not that your average fashion model is not a real woman, but mm-hmm. as in that the sizing that is average, the size the 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 actual average size, the actual sizing of of a human, is is not what is it's disproportionately underrepresented um, in what we see around us in advertising, in media, in fashion, in books, in films, in more or less everything, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and and I'm very very hot on. I, I it's it's really hard. I know the term real women. People understand. I don't I don't mean that in that they're not real. I mean in that. The women that have not been airbrushed, the women that are around you that are all different shapes and sizes, rather than the women who have been uniformly, you know, made to look a certain way. Um, and I think that's really, really important because it's something that all of us. I mean, one of the reasons Sarah and I um, are uh, pimping ourselves out on a podcast is uh, no, but maybe we're doing that the wrong way. It's just our voices. <laughs> but is that one, one of the things we often say is that um, we don't see um, we don't see representations of ourselves. We we just no. don't see representations of ourselves. Um, and one one of the, some of the work I'm doing my art stuff is um is to put a bit more diversity into the kind of fantasy um fairy tale images because you don't you see you see the skinny white blonde Cinderella because that's what Cinderella is right like that's that's what we've been taught that she is but actually I don't think that is necessarily the only way that she can be so. Um, yeah, so I'm really, I'm really curious about that side, and I'm really excited to see that you're, um, and also that it's not just one particular style, is it? So you started out vintage model. Was the boutique a vintage boutique? Yes, by any possible yeah, chance? it was. Yes, um, and obviously I've always worn, I've worn vintage, vintage fashion, probably for since I was probably about thirteen or fourteen. Um, okay. So it's, it's been something I've, I've kind of grown up with. As I said, like, I'm this weird kind of person that kind of every part of my life somehow intersects just through as I said, accidents. It's literally just, oh, wow, that fits with that. Okay, cool, we'll, we'll do that now. Um, and so, yeah, I think that's what kind of drew me to fashion history as well, is obviously I did I did enjoy the aesthetic of these images, but actually it was the, the theory, and like you said, like representation is something which is hugely important to me. Um, and unfortunately, I can only exist in one body. So I thought, okay, well, I can, I can represent the woman that I am and the other women who look like me. Um, but then obviously I want to make as much as I can a platform for women who don't look like me, who, who look like, you know, women of colour, you know, women who are a lot smaller, mm-hmm. a lot smaller, a lot, a lot larger, a lot smaller, you know, a lot slimmer as well. All kinds of people. Mm-hmm. So I believe that yeah. every single person, not just women either. I don't know why I said women. All kinds of people deserve representation because we're all Absolutely. buying clothes. We can't just like we walk are around exactly. naked. Yes. <laughs> yes. This is it. Exactly. And, and the clothes... Ideally, we're, we're going to buy them better if they yes. fit us. Absolutely. And if you can see it on a body that looks like you, you know what it's going to look like. You know what it's going to look like. Yeah, oh, it just seems dumb know, as hell so to me. Important. That is so important. The, the amount of times I used to walk into a shop and think, oh, well, that looks nice. 
I'll go and try it. And you'd go into the changing room and try it on and think, well, that doesn't look anything like the, it does on the uh, mannequin outside. So, yeah, yeah I think that's so important, definitely. Because that, that range and representation. Yes. So, this is now feels like a good time to tell you that our uh, hashtag for the podcast is can't words for shit, because apparently we can't. Despite <laughs> the fact we are actually fairly accomplished with words, both of us. We put a microphone in front of us and we completely lose the ability to speak. Um, yes, no, I think representation is is massive, actually, and, it is, and I, I, love, I love how everything... And actually, you have said, oh, you know, everything sort of fits in by accident. I actually just think you clearly know yourself and what you love really well and that's why everything you do fits together because it's I think you only maybe take on stuff that you love maybe there's I don't know maybe maybe you've said yes to really weird shit in the past that you don't want to talk about (laughs) but (laughs) I feel like all the things that um that have kind of so far shaken out as the things that you do and that you're known for um feel like a really good fit with you which isn't always the case so that I'm I'm excited by that 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 makes my that makes my little multipod heart happy Oh, finding all, finding really all the jigsaws that fit together. Oh, thank you. Um, it's a really lovely way of looking yeah. at it, rather than me just kind of looking at myself as some sort of chaos whirlwind that just kind of sucks oh, in, sucks like in dresses and throws them back out at people. So, but if that, <laughs> See, that works for you, that that also works, and uh, and that has given me. I wish I could draw because that that is going to make an epic illustration somewhere along the line. No, I think I think a chaos whirlwind is a good thing. Um, but I think yeah, it, it feels very much like everything has happened, um, because you know what you want and you know what you want to do and you know yeah I just it's, it's often really interesting seeing your story all together as well it's not that often you get to tell your whole story from start to finish which is why we're nosy and we ask about it exactly yes I have to ask then so I mean how does how do how do, how do luxury berets fit into all of this <laughs> so, how did this come about okay right well this is again this is another accident really so a lot of what I talk about when I talk about fashion, because I believe I'm a big believer in intersectionality. I think that you can't just look at one issue. So we're talking, say, body positivity and um, size, you know, representing different sizes. That's one thing where you're trying to remove a form of oppression in the fashion industry. But mm-hmm. you can also look at the other areas of that. So you've got things like obviously fast fashion, which I can see two sides to that. I'm not someone who's going to demonize people for buying fast fashion. I'm not going to do that. But at the same time, if you buy fast fashion, you don't have to throw it away. You know, that's that's where I'm saying is like buy something. And if it's cheaper because that's your budget, that's absolutely fine. But don't just like buy it once, take a picture for Instagram and throw it in the bin. That's where it's yeah. no, like buy it, wear yeah, it, I love agree. it. When you don't love it anymore, give it to your friend and they can love it and they can give it to another friend and they can love it. And eventually it will turn mm-hmm. to dust and that's fine. You, you I literally wear things until they out. fall apart exactly. that's exactly what yeah that's what i sat down out. on the sofa the other day and ripped the ass out of my jeans and that's when i knew there were time to go so <laughs> just as well you're at home really sarah that could have been embarrassing elsewhere it couldn't it very lucky honestly it was lit- i sat down and all i heard was the split as it went st- i was Uh-oh. like oh okay then it's time to buy some time new for jeans <laughs> carry on so i will i will tell you how it relates to berets it probably seems a bit bizarre so i wear berets all the time which is partly because I have got crazy hair in the morning and I was teaching at university a few years ago and I'd have to get up at five o'clock in the morning just to get to the campus. So I thought, how can I stop my hair going crazy? I'll start just like accumulating berets. And so I ended up with different berets every day. And I think my students genuinely believed I had like no hair under my beret. And my last day of teaching, <laughs> I took it off and they were just like staring at me. I'm like, why are they staring at me? Why are they? And eventually one of them was just like, you're not wearing your hat. And I was like, <laughs> oh gosh I'm not wearing my hat am I and that's the first one they'd seen me without this hat and I was like oh gosh okay so it's become a thing that I wear a lot and there's this wonderful milliner called Adrienne Henry who is based in Reading and she is a traditional milliner like if you literally think of like beautiful hats for Ox and um, Oxford beautiful hats for Asker anything that requires an amazing hat she will create it and she can create it and we've been friends for years I've worked with her she actually booked me as a model 
that's how we became friends and she's just ah. fantastic and it's all with really high quality materials it's all handmade in the uk and i think that it's actually quite nice to have something i thought if you can have one beret and you could wear that absolutely to death and it's all made with all natural materials so eventually when you are sick of your beret and you've given it to your friend and they're sick of it and their friend's sick of it and all the rest of it it will just turn to dust eventually because it's all natural materials and it's not going to do anybody any harm and you make it really really high quality so it does last forever and it does take a good beating but also it goes back to a small business and a craftsperson and so we decided to come up with this line of luxury berets that kind of fit with a vintage aesthetic and also a kind of quirky like quirky bougie is that a thing like kind of like if it isn't it should be now that's my thing i really like that and they sound like they're hard wearing enough for real life as well exactly because i think that's something i found with vintage fashion there's not a huge amount of it that that fits me so mine often is like the stuff that i do choose to wear often is is reproduction or is um sort of style rather than actual vintage um but the accessories that i have um I am always amazed at how much history they've seen when they are like a leather belt or, you know, um, a handbag or those kinds of things. It feels like maybe the berries fit into that and that they, they will be able to, they will last because they're made properly. They're made in a traditional way. They, they will last a lifetime, maybe more than a lifetime, which is really lovely. Um, yeah, you're at the beginning, begin making heirlooms. That's a really cool thing. I like that. Mm. So, yeah. so yeah, if you'd like one, then just let me know because they are, I really like them. I'm not going to say they're amazing because like that just sounds really rubbish from the person who designed them, but they're really amazing. <laughs> but presumably, presumably you wouldn't have let them out into the world if they oh, weren't good amazing. Oh, God, no. So, no, no, no. I, you know, I think we're good. And they've had weeks, good. they've had weeks and weeks of development in the Beret Laboratory, which is Adrienne's shop. Oh, amazing. Um, I love of course this. there is a Beret Laboratory. Of course there is. That's awesome. <laughs> can, I, um, can I ask why berets though over any other kind of hat? you know what it's a really that's quite a funny question so my first beret would have been when I was about 13 and right. I remember my mum I don't know where she got it from I have no idea my mum's my wonderful I adore my mum she's probably gonna listen to us um so hi hi mum uh she she's always been <laughs> into that. kind of like quite quirky fashion as well and it was and i think that's where I, I get a lot of this weird stuff from like, from my grandpa as well my grandpa used to literally just like plonk me in front of like old films from the 1940s and just talk me through who every single person was uh so that's very that's a very like which is really sweet like i think most kids, would be, going there. most kids i think would be bored to death by that but i was like oh my god this is amazing and like that's yeah. it's Aww. very it's a very special thing to me and my mum just like blonk, plonking this beret on my head and of course i didn't know how to wear it so i literally just like pulled it down my head like frank's and, uh, and my mum just going like no and just like slanting it. <laughs> my mum's very she's very straight she was an A&E nurse and um, she's just very very straightforward and she just went like no plonk and just like shoved it you wear it like this I'm like okay thanks mum and um, yeah and it's just kind of been a, a hat that I've always been drawn to and I think they do suit everyone everyone always goes oh no I couldn't wear a beret and I always think like have you tried one or did you just pull it down your head like Frank Spencer like I did when I was about I have 12? to say, I've never tried a beret before, so it's fascinating to me. I'm going to have to try one. I don't think yeah. I have either, actually. Try so I, I'm not really a hat person. I, I have a massive this head, so I, I do same, struggle with hats. Same, exactly. And also, massive um, head, massive hair. So, uh, you know, for that reason, I've always shied away from hats. But actually... Maybe I'm missing a trick, you know. Obviously, t- well, I the, feel uh, like I feel like the, the conversation we had just before hair. we started recording, where you two both have um, big hair. I definitely mm-hmm. don't have big hair. I have long hair, but it's very flat. It doesn't. It doesn't do. I try and make it big, and it just resolutely ignores me. So um, <laughs> I feel like maybe, maybe that's a thing, Sarah. Maybe you need to try one. 
I think I'm going to have to. Yes. Please I'm do. Gonna, Please I'm add that to my list of things to, to get get done this year. Now that's on my list. Try a beret. I'm I was going to say we could we could do a, a mini pilgrimage when you if you do come over we could do that maybe then that might be a thing. Be, we could go yes. and, yeah. Please do. Okay. Please do. Yeah. But yeah, no, that's really cool. But no, I, I like because I'm I'm curious that you say it suits everybody because I I feel like. I feel like in my head, a beret is complicated to wear. And I think maybe that is a misconception that I don't know why. I don't know where that perception has come from. It feels it feels like I've got to get it just right. Otherwise, it's not going to work. But I don't know how to get it right. So how how does this... Is there a correct way to wear a beret? I think reframe it as a French version of a, of a beanie hat. Ah, it's how okay. I would say it. If you'd wear a beanie hat, you can wear a beret. And it's okay. literally just a case of like looking in the mirror, putting it on. Like for me, it's kind of muscle memory now of like, I know how it works for me. I said like, it is like that literally thing where my mom was like, no, plonk. No, is, this way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> do you, see, do you like hear this. her voice every time you look in the yeah, mirror? Yeah, and it's like, very like, deadpan. No, okay. No. Like this. <laughs> that's, that's my mom. She's amazing. And, uh, <laughs> that's brilliant. And that's literally, it's just a case of literally, like I said, in my, in my beret research uh, on one of my dear friends who I used as a beret guinea pig, who has very, very thick hair, much thicker hair than me. And we just literally tried different placements for her. And there's, there is a placement for everybody that I think is just a case ah. of experimenting. And I'm very happy. I'm going to put this out there into the ether. If anyone wants like beret-based advice, feel free to get in touch with me. I am absolutely fine with that. So hit me up. And that's Fabulous. my little, I love, yeah, that's my I freebie for everybody. Is like, beret one of the advice. things you do in life is give beret-based advice. <laughs> yeah. like, it just gets better. I love it. The beret um, advice. That's really, really the cool. bab. <laughs> <laughs> so are they are you guys are they going to be so obviously they will be in adrian's shop and i assume you'll be able to buy them online are you planning to take them to things like goodwood and so you've got places to are you planning to take them out and about or are they going to be just through are they custom made per person or what's t- tell me a little bit about that i'm so excited we're still kind of working on that at the moment the idea is just to sell in the shop and online that's the original okay. plan we definitely want to do that in terms of customization we're going to have kind of a few styles that we know we can kind of make in pretty much any color anyone wants really within reason so if someone really like contacts us goes oh gosh i really want one that's like neon green i'm sure we can do that um we're also looking into kind of even more customizing and you're the first guys to hear this so we're looking at maybe making ones with like initials things like that so as kind of gifts for people so like a really lovely christmas present for someone of like here's just like a signature hat it's a signature hat with your your thing on it oh i love that i love that yeah that's that's in the pipeline so yeah we're hoping to be able to to do that but at the moment the main thing is kind of like it all kind of depends how well our first selection goes obviously they are all done literally by hand like bless her adrian literally sits there i'm gonna do some videos so you can see what adrian actually does and she literally does these little tiny stitches and like each one's like perfect and they're all lined up oh, exactly where they should be so they sit nicely and it's uh yeah so they, they it's do a proper take quite art, a lot isn't it? it's, a, it's, a, it's an art and a craft all in one i think it's, oh um, yeah it's really, absolutely it's, fa- it's a really technical me. skill mm. i think people think oh floofy hats but actually it's a really technical skill um yeah. it's amazing so we will make sure so we're not sure at the time of recording we're not sure exactly when this is going to come out but we will um make sure that we have links and if you've got some videos we will chuck ch- those in as well it's really cool Thank yeah you. Um, but yeah i love this so should we go for our favorite question yes go on carla i'm gonna let you ask the favorite okay (laughs) so this might be a tough one for you but what has been in all of the stuff that you've done so far what has been your most glorious moment oh that's hard sorry you can have have more than one one. (sighs) okay i'm gonna i'm gonna go for you know what i'm gonna go for two one is a moment for me and one's a moment for somebody else Okay. which sounds a bit strange but it will make sense to you because one's the reason why i started doing fashion styling as my own business and the other one is just kind of something i 
I never thought would ever happen for me. And the first one is walking at London Fashion Week. Oh, that is an epic one. Which yeah. was just incredible. I just, it, I remember actually coming off the runway. And it's funny, I'm not a crier and I didn't cry, but I just kind of just stood there in silence, just being like, God, I could never have imagined doing that when I was 15. Yeah. Or if you did imagine it, it was like, you know, th- th- some far off dream. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's well, incredible. it's actually it's that represent. You're gonna make me cry. It's that representation thing. Yeah, that's it. That's why. As a, yeah, as, I as, as a youngster, that. you wouldn't yeah. have seen anyone who yeah. looks like you on the catwalk, Never. would you? So, yeah. oh, that's amazing. And it was that um, thing of like, I'm not just doing. I remember actually going out and thinking, actually, I'm not just doing this for me. I'm doing this for everyone that looks like me. And that's yeah. that's not just like that's literally like. I remember I used to get these, you know, these frankly these like shitty comments sent through on Twitter or whatever, being like, oh, you're a big fat cow. You're like, great, thanks for that. Cheers, honey. <sighs> Um, which every single person got, by the way. So it wasn't just me that was getting that. I just want to get. Oh yeah, very I mean, clear. We, just... we have we've all had those. I think. As soon oh god, as yeah. The parapet, as a woman on the do. television, yeah, a woman so... on the internet. Of course, you're going to get these things. That's what we get. Yeah. And um, yeah, <laughs> and and I was sitting there thinking, like, actually, you're saying this not just about me. You're saying this about every person in your life who is the same build as me. It's like that might be your mom. It might be your sister. Mm-hmm. It might be your girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It might be you. There are women that look like me who obviously it was, a, it was an inverted thing of like how they felt about themselves. They were pushing onto me as a faceless person on the television uh, who they saw once a week for about 20 minutes. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and I remember... Yeah, didn't see you maybe as an actual human yeah. being. Oh yeah, they, they, had no, to, they yeah. thought they were just like firing, firing their anger into the ether and it wouldn't actually hit a real person. Mm. I was just an avatar. I was an avatar for their spite, and and that's why I didn't. It didn't actually affect me on a personal level that much. It just made me fascinated. I was actually kind of like, actually, you're not upsetting me. You're just kind of fueling my research brain. So thank you. I feel like that, that is quite a, an unusual reaction um, to yes. to that. I think. I mean, people always say to Especially me, oh, "Don't read the comments." As you know, at, at, at the age that you were as well, you know. Yeah. I've been, most 19 year olds would really struggle with mm. with that kind of yeah yeah i know, love just... that you were like i'm just going to add that to my research i'm just going to add that like you're just you're yeah. just you're just fueling my like my curiosity <laughs> not not yeah so yeah it, it almost almost pings it back on but i think you're right it says more about them than it ever would about about oh, the yes. people they say it about yes, because because it, because they say it indiscriminately to all kinds of people but um but yes i think that's a wonderful moment because as you say you just wouldn't have seen also i mean we're similar enough ages that yeah there just wasn't there just wasn't anything outside of the the norm on the fashion fashion um i could say stage but runway yeah. catwalk mm. is probably probably what i mean because even yeah, with plus so. size modeling everyone's like six foot so they'll be like oh yeah they're yeah. a size 14 but they're six foot and it looks mm-hmm. it you know it's a completely and, different and actually, look yeah size 14 no. and six foot is a totally different look yeah. to your average plus size human absolutely you know, yes. living in the planet I, I am five yeah. foot four and i i do not I'm, I'm an 18 at five foot four and i do not look like the eight the size 18s that i have seen in 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 modeling yeah. because because they've got like a foot on me yeah, <laughs> yeah same here. Like, it's actually <laughs> quite funny exactly you watch it. the lineup of the models and like most of the other models i'm with are straight size models and it is mm. quite hilarious because you kind of because i was put out first which was as i said it was amazing but it was also actually quite terrifying because you literally it's quite funny because my friend was walking before me and he's he's a male he's a male model and he literally he was on the show before me and he literally walked back and he's like look i don't want to scare you but there's a lot of people out there he's like i'd rather tell you because you've not done it before he's like just just focus on a point and walk to it he said but i'm just telling you so you don't freak out and i'm like okay thank Mm. you he was really lovely he was so sweet so connor if you're listening says thank you for being just a lovely human because he is connor is a babe um and literally like i remember just coming out and literally you go around a corner and there's just cameras and they all go at once and literally yeah yeah, and literally it just goes bang 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 and you don't even it you the whole walk is probably about 
30 seconds and it feels like the whole day and like each <laughs> each step and like the runway was on it was like felt on top of like plastic grass and I oh had big God. shoes on and I'm like uh, I'm like sinking like, 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 like wading through yeah. oh, God. and I'm like uh, and I'm just like I, I remember coming off thinking like these photos are going to be so bad I'm just going to be like uh. I was going to say do you do you have to have for, for, for big stuff like that where there's going to be because I know I've, I've been to, to sort of smaller shows where there's maybe one or two photographers who are there to capture the show for the press obviously London Fashion Week is like a different level of madness do you have to have sort of extra training or do you have to train yourself to keep your face yeah. in a certain position while you're doing the walking and dealing with flashing and being blinded by other cameras is there like a yeah. oh, like practicing i guess it goes, like, yes yeah you and suddenly have to look, re- remember how to walk you know it's yeah. just like, like, <laughs> there's a lot the involved that we take it. for granted every day exactly it suddenly becomes this really um yeah the, the most simplest task you're you're having to think about every single step yeah. I mean, you talk about big shoes as well. I would, I'd be terrified of falling over. Oh my god! That was literally all my, my brain's can't... going. Don't fall! Don't fall! Don't fall! Yeah. And it's literally my foot's oh. going. Foot. My brain's going. Foot. 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 That's always going through my head. Just foot. 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 It's like you can't look yeah. at the foot. You need to just focus on the point at the back. Because also, room. you can't look down. You have to. Yeah. You have to still keep. You can't. You know, like if you're. Yeah, you can't stumble. You. Oh wow. Yeah, it is much more stressful than I think. Yeah. I mean, oh it's a gosh. glorious moment, but also sounds quite stressful. Like I'm really I glad you not do it. Me. I could not I do it. No. no. I, I, yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> would you Kudos. do it again well would, would you do it again oh yeah absolutely I'd definitely do yeah. it again I'd absolutely awesome. do it again yeah it was um, and it was an amazing designer that I walked for um, she's called Erosa Designs and she's fantastic yeah. and she designed specifically uh, clothing that will fit anybody and look amazing on anybody amazing. and that's like. her whole ethos and I was just like of all the designers I could walk for at Fashion Week that's who I'd choose so that's amazing. awesome yeah that's cool. it, it was amazing. a really amazing so that was thing. one that's one glorious moment you're yeah. going to share another with us I think the other one that I had and I said it's when you say glorious it's, it's interesting because it was literally one person but it was such a tiny like it was a tiny thing but it was a big turning point for me and that's what really made me decide to become a stylist that's why I realised actually I think you can see clothes as a form of healing. And I think that that was, that was the experience I had. So I was working, this is how I started styling. So I started doing styling for a boutique in Mayfair and a lovely boutique. And they mainly sold European fashion, uh, European high fashion. And it was all really quality pieces, really beautiful. Not massively size inclusive, which I always found was a bit of a shame. But events mm-hmm. like they only had the stock that they were sent. Like they didn't really have much of it. So that was on the designers and their supply chains. It wasn't on the boutique. The boutique actually, I think, did their best with what they could considering who their suppliers were and who their suppliers were making clothing for. So no shade on them, just putting that out there. But mm-hmm. it would be quite difficult because you get someone come in and you kind of, you know, someone would go, oh, that dress is beautiful. You know, I'd love one of those. And it'd be like one dress, which I had bought as part of my uniform for that day. And I'd be like, I'm, I'm really sorry. We've sold out of every size from a 10 upwards. Um, I don't have it. But oh, what else have you got? And you'd be like, uh, you know, there just weren't enough pieces for anyone who wasn't like a size 10. Um, and it was a real shame because we got mm. people coming from all walks of life, all shapes and sizes. And, you know, people could find that quite upsetting. Understand it? And I felt upset for people and I'd feel awful. So I was like, I want to help you. But anyway, the actual story I was going to talk to you about was I had a lady come in. And she was like really quiet. She was an older lady. I'd say she's probably in her maybe mid 60s, something like mid 60s um, to maybe early 70s, something like that, that kind of bracket. And she came in, she was like really quiet. She's like looking down at the floor. She's like, oh, um, I'm here for a, I'm here for an outfit for my son's wedding. 
I was like, oh, okay, that's that's lovely. And she booked an appointment and everything's like, okay, great. So we went through the usual things like, you know, what kind of colours have you told you can wear? What colours have you been told to avoid? Um, what kind of necklines do you like? What length of sleeves do you like? All those kind of things. We went through all those kind of things. And she's trying all these various dresses and going, oh, I'm not that keen on that. I'm not keen on that. So we just kept we just kept pushing through, just throwing... I'm a great believer in throwing dresses at people. And then she was like, try this on, try that on, try this on, try that on. What did you like? What didn't you like? What didn't you like? Okay, you end up with like a kind of profile of what you know someone likes. And for me, it's all about how someone feels. What someone looks like isn't actually that relevant. It's how they feel mm-hmm. in it. And actually, the, yeah, the two go true. together. Because if you look uncomfortable, yeah. you're going to feel uncomfortable. Um, Absolutely. You feel like we yes. all uncomfortable. You know what I mean? I, I think, mm-hmm. like, yeah. seeing for experience, like, you, you can see straight away if I don't like something. I'm just like, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. And so eventually we kind of narrowed down to these dresses. And she was looking at those and she's like, oh, yeah, I suppose they're okay. And I was like, is there anything else that you want to try on? Because I have a feeling that none of these are the dress and I want to find you the dress today. We're going to do that. And there was this purple dress in the corner and I just looked at it. And I was like, that would be amazing on you. And she just looked at it and she was like, oh, you know, no, I, I, I can't wear purple. And I was like, oh, OK. But we, we kind of built up a rapport over time. I was like, had someone told you that? And she was like, well, yeah, I, I just I just can't. I was like. Was it why why do you why do you say that if you don't mind me asking? And she said, like, Oh well, I had a boyfriend when I was about twenty one who said it made me look washed out. <gasps> and I was just like, oh. Do you ever do you ever talk to him at all? No. I was like, Do you ever think about him? No, not really. It's the first time I've talked about him in about thirty years. And I was just like, Why does his opinion matter? Why do you? Mm. Why? Why? Oh, massively, yeah. Yeah. I was like, why? Why does that matter to you? And she goes, I don't know. I was like, just, just put it on. You've put on so many dresses today. Put that one on. See how you feel. And bless her heart, she put this dress on and she came back out and she just had this like glow, and she just had this smile and she was just like, that was the dress. And she's like, this looks, this looks amazing. I was like, yeah, you do. I said, you look amazing. She goes, I, I can wear purple. And it was just like, it's like this penny drop. But like literally. And then she's like, I can, I can wear purple. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, whatever he said to you doesn't matter. I was like, you don't even know where he is now. And she starts laughing. And you know, I'm like, he could be dead for all you know. And she's like laughing. She's like literally like just creasing with laughs. She's like crying. You know, it's probably not most appropriate to say, but I will never forget that. I was like, he could be like dead now. Like, why would you care? And she's like, yeah, he could be. She's like, I can wear purple. I can wear what I want. And I was like, yes. For yes, 30 she can. Years, yeah, she's she gone around with belief. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and she wow. just carried it. And she literally just went that through the shop glorious. and she just started like just trying on anything and everything. And I think like it was interesting because like there was a little bit of a kind of bittersweet mo- moment a bit later on because she was literally just pulling stuff off the racks and just trying on everything. And she 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 ended up basically buying herself a new wardrobe that day, which is made when she came in Amazing. just for a dress for a wedding. That's literally all she came in for. Because she suddenly had that permission yeah. to to do yeah. to, to wear what, what she wanted, not what someone had told. That's amazing. But I it's... love that. That is a glorious moment. That really is. That's fabulous. And I, I was like, I can wonderful. actually because I've yeah you know, we've all I think we've all carried things that one comment, one stupid thing that someone that probably doesn't even have any relevance. To to our lives. Someone that doesn't matter now. Yeah, yeah it shouldn't yeah. have mattered at the time. No. It definitely doesn't matter now. Yeah, yeah. and it isn't. Definitely. And it's and it's funny how something that even someone who's completely irrelevant can still affect you in that way. And I think the moment yeah. you can actually empower somebody to go, actually, you know what, stuff that. What's that got to do with me? You know, life is yeah. short, and I want to try this on, and it feels amazing, and I look amazing, and I'm going to wear the damn dress. And you know what? It's never just a dress, ever. No, 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 I agree. And oh. so it's that where you, with your 
uh, with the, I would say maybe with the personal rather because obviously commercial styling is for the brand for the yeah. but with your personal styling is that where you kind of help people to find yes. effectively their dress but not just their dress but but yeah. but that permission as well as, as finding the things that help that suit them absolutely like I like to think that because I think that people can be I think when you think of stylists I think we still have Trini and Susanna in our heads we mm-hmm. do and yeah and i want to <laughs> change just that. that is it and yeah. don't be yeah. wrong there are stylists like that like that same lady like there was you know like i don't want to throw shade on anybody but there was somebody else who was doing styling who frankly oh, said something that was quite upsetting to her and like you know by that point she put up the confidence that she just bought what she wanted anyway um but you know she did get kind of pushed into buying something that frankly she didn't want by another person and i did think that was wrong i did not agree with that and that's again that just motivated me even harder i was like well hang on a minute if this is how people stylists are i can change that i've proven that mm. um and yeah. we can really kind of you know fashion's been used as a stick to hit people with for such a long time and we can actually take that and we can use that for ourselves yeah um, and it's such a it's such a glorious way to, to express yourself like i love i have a very eclectic fashion as you know um and and sarah wears some we, actually we, we do we we i express myself through clothes um but I I think some of those clothes I, I you're not supposed to wear personality through yeah, yeah the, the clothes i wear the color of my hair all those kinds of those yeah because i, I can't do it myself so i let my clothes do it for me so yeah, yeah it's yeah it is an um, extension of who you are but it is it? definitely a stick that people beat various people if you don't fit the kind of norm and actually fashion shouldn't be about what is trendy or shouldn't just mm. be about what is trendy. I, I, I like that there are fashions mm. but i think you should be able to wear what suits you and that sounds like something that you do and help with really well oh I like I, I like those so. stories. Those, those were two epic moments. They were fantastic so. stories. They were amazing. I'm go- I feel like I'm going to put a bit of a downer on the on by asking our next question. <laughs> That's <laughs> what, right. It's an important one. One of the things we like to talk about is because we feel like lots of people will will happily talk about the glorious moments, mm-hmm. but they won't talk about the other side of it. Mm-hmm. So we we like to ask you, what would you um, say has been something you've really struggled with through your through your pop- I'm going to call it a creative journey because mm. it is you're so it's creative it's a yeah. um yeah so what what's one of the things that you've struggled with because I feel like if we share our struggles as well it makes it, make, it makes it helps people to realize that they're not alone in having these struggles absolutely and I'm you know what I think it's great I think it's such a good thing to talk about and uh I have lots of things I could share about this not to make anyone miserable <laughs> everything I've shared so far is all things I'm extremely proud of and you know I, I'm very I feel very strongly about the work that I do and I think that at some to some extent becomes part of your personality so if someone criticizes what you do you can take it incredibly personally Mm. and I think for me if I so I think if we dial back to being an academic in particular I think that obviously the academic job market in the UK is shit I'm gonna just say it it's shit and it is you know I think that there are so many people out there who are desperate to have an academic job and it's it actually gets quite nasty frankly it's very kind of dog eat dog Mm. everyone is scrabbling around for these jobs that frankly a lot of the time really aren't that great and I'm just gonna say it you know I'm at the point now where I'm just like no and so I think and I think there's a lot of parallels between that and the creative industries as well and obviously you guys may not feel the same way it's you know we can have a discussion about it but I think a lot of the time there's particularly things like everyone telling you like oh you can do this and we'll give you great exposure for it and like it's that idea that no one wants to pay you for anything mm-hmm. can be yeah. even though you are bringing very specific knowledge and skills and yeah exactly. and to the job yeah no no yeah. no I would agree yeah. with that and definitely. the academic world is the same it's exactly the same and it it's, wow. it's always this kind of race to the bottom all the time of kind of like oh we won't give her that because she'll expect to get paid for that so we'll give it to this person who's willing to do it for free and the only people who are willing to do that are people who come from a position of privilege and so you end up with this huge imbalance of who actually has access to these jobs 
Mm. Um, and so one of the things I'm very passionate about is obviously like I've always, you know, I'm, I'm at the point now, I, one day I would love to be able to just do my creative work full time. That would be my dream. That's what I'd love to do. But at the moment I can't do that. And I don't think there's any shame in that. It doesn't mean that you're bad at what you do because you have to Definitely do something not. else during you know, your nine to five. Like in fact, what I do is my kind of day job and it isn't necessarily nine to five. But outside of like whatever your, your thing that's not, that's not your passion in life, it doesn't mean that you're bad at it. No, absolutely. No, no. It's, it's, well, it's a portfolio of things so that you make sure that you earn money so you can do your creative stuff because in lots of ways yeah. that can help you to build what you actually want rather than say, yeah, no, no, we are, we are all on board for all of those things. Oh, definitely. And have both done it. You know, we've not both been full-time for that long. So I feel like sometimes actually it gives you more freedom in your creativity as well because you're not putting all that pressure on it. So, um, you know, that's why I didn't go full-time with a creative job for nearly nearly 10 years wow. <laughs> because I didn't yeah. want to put that pressure on it but Definitely. yeah no that makes a lot of sense mm. but I think yeah. that's that's the kind of main one really because I think that I said you know I think again if we kind of go back to the comparison with the academic world I've got so many friends and colleagues who are amazing who have got PhDs and haven't found related employment and they genuinely think it's because they've somehow failed or they're somehow not good at what they do or there's something wrong with them in some way and it's like it's actually, mad because no. they have PhDs they yeah. are literally at the top of their they're literally exactly. at the top like they know stuff that nobody else knows that's yeah. madness yeah but so. it's yeah but it's that's and that's the thing is I think that in the creative industry you see the same thing of like you are not what you know you are not your job whatever mm. you decide your job is that is not you who you are as a human being there is so much more to anyone than mm. that and you are just a rich tapestry of all the various things that you bring to the world mm. and that's fine there's no shame in that no absolutely no yeah definitely no i i think that's that's a really about and actually i think it's really good because i think i think academia academia is weirdly undervalued in mm. in this country i don't i don't really know why that is but having worked in university for a while and, and got to know you know some of the academics which were amazing um they just don't like they're so good at what they do and they're so passionate about what they do um but there just don't seem to be the same opportunities that there are um, and we, we lost quite a few to abroad um, and I have friends who, you know, work abroad and have come back here for various reasons. But um, and, you know, there's as you say, there's always there's always a balance, but it, it seems a shame that you can't pursue that if you I feel like there should always be the option to pursue that career if you want to. It might be that, you know, like you say, you've done PhD and you've got loads of other stuff going on. You might not want to be a full time. You might not want to be full time academic, but I do feel like it would be nice if that was an option. Oh, for yeah. everyone who gets totally. to that point and yeah so um because it's not an easy thing to achieve is it it's not a no not at all and i've used no. it in a very different way like for me like i don't think mm. a, a full-time academic job is necessarily what i'd want to do myself but i'm just mm. kind of drawing that parallel between kind of because i get kind of people mm. going like oh so you so you aren't a fashion stylist all the time that's that kind of idea of well, what do you really do and it's that, that, that kind is of, oh, a big bugbear of mine actually, i hate that question i hate we that question all do. and also everybody does some people get paid for some things and not for others and some people get paid more but I've had it in and you've probably had similar then I've, I've had in my life where people say oh, what do you do and I tell them that I'm a photographer and I'm a mermaid and I'm whatever and they say oh but what, what what's, what's your day job and I'm like well okay that current like so you know when I kicked off with with all this stuff my day job paid me the most but it wasn't where my heart was it was mm. just the thing that paid me money but people saw that as like my proper job even though yeah there's 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 some there's some more and, societal dismantling to do, Lois. We've got some, also, some, yeah, more, so some then, more dismantling of stuff to do. By that kind of definition as well, then, saying if that's the thing that you do, defining you by that as well, when actually, mm. yeah, that wasn't the thing that defined you at all, was no. it, really? Yeah. No. So. And there's so much to what everybody does than just what they do for money. Absolutely. Um, you know, what do you do should be what do you do for joy, not not what do you do for... What is the main thing you do to bring in money? Because that 
quite often doesn't match the thing you do for jewelry no, and and i don't exactly. think it necessarily should or has to mm. ever so mm. Mm. good striking question and thank you for honesty like we do we always yes. we always we always ask and then we always apologize but actually the whole point of this podcast was to have honest conversations so we want to yes. talk about the good stuff but we want to talk about the bad because most people won't talk about the bad until 15 years later when it's not bad anymore and we mm. think that's not terribly helpful so that yeah <laughs> Thank you for that. Yes, thank you. Thank you for asking um, me. I think it's a really important conversation to have. And I think that, yeah. I think particularly with things like social media, it's so easy to compare yourselves to someone's highlight reel when everyone else is going, oh, this is so amazing. And oh, look at this amazing job that I've got and everything's fine. Well, actually, you don't see all the gremlins in the background. Exactly. You know, the, that's not real life, no, is it? Of course it's, it's, not. it's the snapshots along the way. Yeah, definitely. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That's, I think it's just part of that, that whole idea of like, well, actually, chances are they're doing, you know, they're doing night shifts too. You're just not, they're not taking pictures of that and putting it online. Do you know what I mean? And exactly. It's, yeah. 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 Yeah, <laughs> that's totally you. true yeah you don't get the pictures of me working at 4am and my pyjamas crying into my coffee like, exactly. that's, that's not something I put on Instagram yeah you're totally right <laughs> I feel like point. maybe we should at some up. point though Carla shouldn't we really I mean when you're here you'll see it firsthand. so yeah let's, let's do that I, I will come out and take a, a she will just sneak into my room you, and just yeah. don't get me like and you'll see me like yeah so no it's good um so moving swiftly on <laughs> yes but we're being mindful of your time here so I think oh, it's probably worry. good just to kind of Ask the, ask the question about advice. What do you reckon, Carla? Yeah, I think yes. so. I think we, 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 we always like to kind of, um, before before we get you to tell us um, all, all the places that we can find you, yeah. um, what advice would you give to our fabulous listeners who are a massive range of everybody? So that's no help at all, is it really? Um, but yeah, what, 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 kind of, what, what do you wish you'd known at the start? What kind of advice would you give? Um, what, what do you think your parting kind of bit of wisdom, pearl of wisdom would be? Or something that, that you think that you would have liked to have known. What, mm. Yeah, what what could you? Wow, that's a really big question. Um, and I'm gonna. <laughs> we like big questions. Yeah, I love it. No, it's great. No, honestly, you've asked me so many wonderful things uh, this evening. Um, I don't know why I had to think like, what time of day is it when it's? Oh, like... it's because of my. Well, it's because being Sarah's in daylight here. Right. Right. Yeah. And also, I've got okay. I've got fake sunlight going on in here, so I've just confused the issue massively. Sorry, <laughs> I'm just in a cave. I just live in this cave that floats. Just um, actually coming good. to us from a submarine, like just in case you guys didn't know. Like, <laughs> I lived on a boat, which I just is the best thing ever. It's not actually a submarine, but it maybe it feels a little bit like one right now. If it's a submarine, it's something very wrong. Actually, yeah, no, maybe, maybe let's not tempt fate. Anyway, <laughs> I think the biggest advice that I would say to somebody is um, don't let anyone tell you you can't do something. Hmm. And I think that if someone does, then fuel fuel yourself to prove them wrong. Ooh, and I'm a great believer like in that. I think kind I of go, that. okay, cool. So you think that that's fine. Well, actually, how do I do that now? And start just planning that. And just really kind of, I'm a great believer in, as a, like we were talking about trolling earlier, like mm. rather than going, you know, someone going, oh, you know, Lois from Take Me Out looks like a pig's ass with a face drawn on it, which is my favourite insult of I mean, all time it's a great image yeah it's a great they image actually that. i actually feel like you should it's get so t-shirts creative. printed with that that is that is like a like i just i don't Pink's know awesome someone writes that like they need they need more of a life but that oh, wow there are, i kind of think it's all sort of like salvador dali-esque creative geniuses in there just like trying to get out like imagine envisioning a pig's trying, ass and drawing failing, a face on clearly. it. Like you know, yeah, trying and failing, but you know, I just I want to help them. I'm just like, oh, that's a wonderful dude, that's image. Amazing. You know, you should really, yeah. you should really do something yeah. more creative with your thought processes rather than like venting them at an avatar on the television in 2012. Yeah. 
I feel like I feel like there's another venture here. This is Lois's um, reform school for trolls. Art therapy for trolls. <laughs> take take them, take them and see see what we could do with them. See see what like latent you know good stuff might be going on to the surface and like take away all their anger and see if we can get them to be like functioning members of society. But actually, you shouldn't beings, have to do that. Yes. Yeah, I'd love to do that. Um, that sounds wonderful. Yeah, but yeah, turn I it love around. that though. That yeah, I, I like that. Turn it around and and I, I like this. Um, it, it's it's like nicely. Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Nicely contrary, I think, is that they're trying yes. to tear you down and you're using it to build yourself up. And actually, yeah. I think that's, that's a really good life lesson to uh, to take on board. So that, That's a really nice... Carla, I feel like it was a really nice way, of say, nice way of saying, well, no, you just tell them to... You're telling them to go fuck themselves, basically, and yeah, you're going to do what like, you want to do. So Fuck you, watch me do it. You think I can't do it? Watch me do this. Yeah, I really like this But attitude. I like contrary. Contrary up. works for me. That's a nice word. We'll keep that. Yes. <laughs> like you can, you can say, watch me, I'll do it with the middle finger up. Like, that's yes, fine. Like, this is, you know, this, yes. is, this is not even optional as a requirement, frankly. But, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like my, my attitude is basically like, you know, say yes to things. If I genuinely, I think for anyone in particular who's kind of looking at the kind of things that I do and goes, oh, I don't think I can do that. If I can do it, literally anyone can do it. I'm a great believer. This is what I say all the time. People don't seem to believe me, but it's true. It is totally true, isn't it? We're all human beings. If one person can do it, then yes. Yeah. If you've got if you've got the the desire to do it, anyone can do what they want to do, can't they? So yeah. And I I am really enjoying this. Don't let other people tell you what to do because people will tell you that you can't do this. And who are you to do that? And why would you? And well, have you seen? And it's like actually, you can make your own way. And you're doing Mm. it fantastically successfully. Like it's it's really really lovely to see. So um, and look all this. I have to say as well. So my 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 last little bit there. (laughs) If you went back to say your. 13 to 15 year old self that that age when we're kind of doing careers guidance and they make you do like oh, stupid God. little things where they say oh and, and you like reading so you'll make a good lawyer right if you had if you take take say 14 year old lois mm-hmm. if you told her what you do now do you think she would believe you absolutely not um <laughs> absolutely categorically not um so i was bullied appallingly um oh, i'm gonna be I'm honest sorry. and but you know what i think that you know I'm, I'm obviously i'm very passionate now like any kind of in any of the schemes of work i think that's one of the reasons why i liked styling is mm. that actually that's a lot of time you're undoing the damage of bullying that's a lot of time what's Witness. going on there yeah because obviously yeah. that woman what that woman even there had obviously internalized was, was in its own way a form of bullying really yes and yeah. yeah and i think that's it actually made me very passionate but i think you know certainly a lot of it was appearance based a lot of it's based around things like my voice like I said and then obviously all these kind of insecurities came to light when I went on TV again when I was very young and I think you know I think 14 year old me was very sad very confused didn't really know what they wanted to do frankly um and they absolutely wouldn't have done absolutely not they were just gone like what what you're gonna walk up you're gonna walk up fashion week you yeah (laughs) sod off yeah that's (laughs) (laughs) that's what would have been said um but I just give her a little cuddle and say like you're doing the right thing not talking to any of them because they're horrible and their this opinions really don't matter and you won't remember yeah, what any of their names are when you're 29. Yeah. And they are adding nothing to your life. So no. Can, no. Yeah, oh, and they'll try and follow you on Instagram and then you can block them, which is really fun. Oh, Ooh, so. I, do that. <laughs> I love that. That's yeah, awesome. Yeah, they can't, they can't hang on your coattails now if Bye. they were assholes when you were young. Oh, no, that's fabulous. I, I just I always think that's a really nice thing to, to look back sometimes and go, well, would they have believed it? And like, actually, actually, no, we are, we are doing stuff. That, and so you prove even yourself wrong, which is epic. Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just before we literally I'm going to ask you to plug yourself in just a second. But is there anything that you wanted to mention in this podcast today that you haven't already said? I can't think of anything in particular. 
Good. That's alright then. Maybe we can Should I talk but... about my book? I didn't talk about my accessible book. <gasps> briefly, very, very super briefly. briefly. Tell us, tell yeah, us no problem yeah. at all. Um, so yeah, I have got a book coming out next year, which is with Edinburgh University Press, and it's an adaptation of my PhD thesis, which sounds really scary, but the whole point is, is I want to write it in a completely accessible way. I think that academia is something which is for everybody. At the end of the day, a lot of research is funded through public money, so ordinary people should be allowed to read it, and I am hugely passionate about that. So it is about 1920 and 1930s Japanese cinema and fashion history and the interactions between Western fashion and Japanese fashion. So Japanese flappers and Japanese modern boys who all looked really cool. So yeah. That's bloody amazing. Yeah, <laughs> does, it, does it have a name yet, your book? Uh, it has, and I need to remember it, if I remember correctly. <laughs> it's Film and Fashion in, Dep- in Japan, 1923 to 1939, oh. Consuming the West by Dr. Lois J.E. Barnett. So there you go, which is my academic name because I don't use my... I thought you were going to say it was Japanese flappers then. As- <laughs> <laughs> Japanese flappers. Let's wear a cool hat, like Dr. Lois <laughs> is the alternative title. <laughs> there you go. That's, this is the working, the working, like the subtitle. Definitely. Oh, I love. Oh, that. Okay. I love that very so, much. So yeah, pl- um, plug yourself for us now. Tell, tell us, us, tell us everything where we can find you. If you've got anything, obviously with the berets and things, what you're offering. Just tell us everything that we need to know, so we can put all the links in for you. Amaze balls. Okay, so I am Lois J. Elise. You can find me at Instagram.com forward slash Lois J. Elise and also on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Lois J. Elise and www.loisjelise.com. I am also going to be producing berries with Adrienne Henry Millinery, which is currently on Instagram at, oh gosh, what's the name of my company? It's something really silly and punny and I've just forgotten it. <laughs> uh, oh yes, at Very Nice Berries. That's it. Which is underscore. I so remember Beret, the name. Beret underscore nice underscore berries. Excellent. I love the name because I also liked how punny it was as well. So. I, I approve muchly. Um, excellent. And uh, where where will we be able to buy your book when it is out? Because we will update the show notes when that happens. I know that obviously we will release before that happens, but where will we through you through like where 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 books? It's <laughs> going to be published happen? in total honesty. It should be available at most places. So it's going to be available awesome. through Edinburgh University Press. So you'll be able to buy it directly through them. I think it will be on Amazon. I think it will be on. Mostly kind of bookstore websites, so, so Waterstones, that kind of thing. Yes, I'd rather. We, we like independent bookshops. Yeah, if you can buy like it from an independent bookshop, yeah. please buy it from an independent bookshop. I'm all about supporting yeah. small businesses and independent businesses. So, yes, please do Fantastic. do that. I'd much rather you did that if you can. Fabulous. Cool excellent cool Fantastic. well thank you it's been amazing talking to you it has. it's been it's been a bit whirlwind i feel like there's still loads i want to talk about oh. and hear about but thank you so much for joining us and sharing um and um oh, i just i feel like i've learned lots about you this evening yeah. i'm very excited fabulous thank yeah. you thank you so much for having me it's been absolutely wonderful and i've thank you for asking me so many questions that have made me kind of really think about things like where i've come from and where i'm going i appreciate that because oh, i don't know where i'm going yes. most of the time so thank you. <laughs> I don't know if any of us do, really. You're, so, you're in very good company, my love. Uh, but it yeah. sounds like it doesn't really matter, though, because wherever it is you're heading, it's just going to be fabulous. So I think it is. I think mm. it is. All right, we will say goodbye for today. So yes. we'll see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love for you to rate us, review us, and subscribe on your favourite podcast app. Five stars, please. Where can people find us online, Carla? We are on Facebook and Instagram at Creative Reboot Co. And we also have a Facebook group, which we'd love you to join to come and talk to us about the episodes. Just search for Creative Reboot Group. And you can also go to our website, creativereboot.co, where you can subscribe to our mailing list and get in touch with us if you fancy being a guest or have topics that you want us to chat about. We'll look forward to seeing you there. (laughs) 